Yeah, baby, you know what time it is. Now let's get it started. Are you kidding me? Unreal. While our HBCUs are mostly known for an academic rigor, community, they also know how to turn up. We all stand on the shoulders of those who came before us. A black future happens all the time. It's built on a foundation of those who have paved the way. A generation ago, all of this would have seemed unheard of. And what's new to the world now will be incomparable to what's coming up next. Trust your dream. The future is counting on it. Greetings and salutations. Another episode of Fangs Up Here. And thank you to HBCU Digital, as well as AT&T. And if you're not as excited as me, I don't know what to tell you, because football season is almost here. It's high school football starts Friday, especially like locally. I might, I, I think I got like a little like cousin that's like right around the corner that I might go see. I'm, I'm kind of like, I'm on the fence about that one. But we got some big games even here in Central Florida. Like, you got the Soul Bowl, as they're calling it, Jones High School versus, oof, yeah, it's like Northwestern, I believe. You have Edgewater's playing, get Seminole. Oof, just here in Orlando, some great games. But on the highest of seven hills, football season is about to start. And other seasons, like all fall sports, are coming into their own. We have cross country. Officially starts on October the 10th. They're going to be down in Boca Raton, down at FAU. We also have football, obviously, August 27th, 8 o'clock, Keenan Stadium, University of North Carolina. And tomorrow, FAMU Volleyball. You getting one of those lunch specials. I, uh, I used to like them. But I didn't because when I was a student, that was when I was always in class. Like, I'm like man, I want to go support them. But it's Friday and I got classes, so I wasn't going to make it. But this is the president's ice cream social. It is first volleyball game of the season. FAMU versus Florida Gulf Coast. And it is, again, Friday. August 19th, 1 p.m. at the Al Lawson Center. As you may have heard, Gaither's not ready. It's not ready for volleyball. And part of it is because Gaither is a multi-use facility. It is used for more than just football. I mean, football. I said football. Freudian slip. More than basketball and volleyball and all those things that it has been used for in the past. It is still used for convocation. And all those things. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not quite ready, but they're the SWAC champions. Sorry, I, I don't know if anybody missed that. Fam, you won the SWAC in volleyball, but we got a championship. So, I mean, you're not gonna take that from us. So, the SWAC champion, Florida A&M University volleyball team, will be opening the season against Florida Gulf Coast. And one of the storylines in this game is one of our students transferred from Florida Gulf Coast to come to FAMU. So 
that's going to be one of those things that, you know, you don't get everywhere. Everybody doesn't give you that kind of intel. <laughs> but that being stated, fall sports at FAMU coincide with the students coming back on campus. It's going to be a crazy day. If, you, if you're a college student, Walmart is the place to go. You get to see all the girls, get to see their parents, because they're going to be shopping at the Walmart, especially that one on the south side, the one close to the TCC and FSU, not the other ones. <laughs> that one's going to be on Swole all night. Just letting you know, hope you got your stuff before you get there. Otherwise, you might not get it. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> that's just a little bit of game from a FAMU alumni and a Tallahassee native. So, But we're going to talk about a few things. We started off with fall sports. We're also going to talk about Ken Riley and potentially some great news for a fallen Rattler. Also, I'm going to go back over the season predictions, give y'all like the full thing. So that way you don't have to listen to all the old episodes, but you should. I mean, you know, I appreciate that. Tell a friend, tell a cousin, tell your neighbor. Um, And then we're going to talk about the events from this weekend. Just as a recap, just to remind you that the spring game's going on or the fan day. I said spring game. Y'all, I'm so excited for football. I'm not going to lie. But the fan day and the great harvest. And if you got COVID, stay away from my football players. Don't get nobody sick. So that is where we're going to go with that. But before we do that, we're going to take a quick break. 15 seconds. Appreciate it from one of our sponsors, AT&T. A black future happens all the time. It's built on a foundation of those who have paved the way. Trust your dream. The future is counting on it. I told y'all short. I'll be trying to tell you the truth. So talking about FAMU, football in particular. Coach too blessed. You the man. Like these offers are coming out. Normally, a couple players per week. Sometimes you get like 10, 15 guys. But we had two guys, gentlemen, that were offered. And one is more local than the other. But Eric Brantley, Valdosta High School in Valdosta, Georgia. Wintersville, 6'2", 250-pound, four-star defensive end. Uh, he actually says defensive lineman. Uh, he is a 2024 prospect. And that's a big get. And that's a program that has a winning tradition. You want players coming into your program that are coming from winning programs. They have the experience, they have the expectations to win, and they're going to continue to bring that expectation with them. And I, I for one, would like us to continue recruiting those players, not saying they're better than the others, but saying that they have that expectation. They bring that expectation with them, and hopefully we get a shot because he's a four-star prospect. That's going to be a tough get. And some of that's going to be based on how he fills out. He's 6'2", 250. To me, that screams defensive line. But he could be a tight end. He could, like, the the guy seems pretty versatile when you look at his film. Just me, personally. Another dude that we get offered is Tavian Swint from Osceola High School. The Cowboys with a K. And they, they let you know. It's Cowboys with a K from Kissimmee, Florida. 
175 athlete, 2025 prospect. And I see him mostly as a running back. When I've seen his film, his pictures, he seems like a running back. I don't know. I don't know if he's truly an athlete. He just seems like a running back right now. And within that, that is something that I am personally excited to see. So I think that's something that's going to be really cool to see. We also have some television updates. This HBCU Go thing, FAMU, we're going to see. But the Albany State game, September 10th, is going to be on that platform. The Grambling State game, October 15th, is going to be on that platform. And the Arkansas Pine Bluff game, October 29th, also going to be on that platform. So we're going to see. Like, the game's been changed a little bit. We're seeing that evidently big deal with the Big Ten. Other things are happening and coming down the pipeline. We're going to be able to see that when it comes to recruiting, how does this influx of potential funds? I, I was able, and I'm not going to lie to y'all, I, I listened to Dr. Kenyatta Cavill on his show. I'm not going to lie. I listened right before my show. Like, I have to kind of shut it down a little early. And he was giving some insight about the deal. And it seems like a pretty solid deal. Um, I don't have all the details in front of me, so I don't want to. I don't want to source his information and share because I didn't have all the details. I again, I listened to a certain part of the show and then I cut out to get ready for mine. So, but somewhere in the range of nine million dollars, what I'm hearing, and if that's the case, man, that's a great thing, and that's something we need. Now, I also said, we're going to talk about Ken Riley. And, okay, Ken Riley, which one? If you're like me, like, Ken Riley was the coach when I was there. But Ken Riley was the player when I was a kid. So we had Ken Riley, his son. But Ken Riley, the coach. And I'm going to take a quick break. Y'all might be able to hear my Fortnite screamer uh, in the background. I'm going to close the door and tell him to quiet down real quick. Yo, we're going to do a 30-second ad really quickly for HBCU Digital. Yo, baby, you know what time it is. Now, let's get it started. Are you kidding me? Unreal. While our HBCUs are mostly known for an academic rigor, community, they also know how to turn up. Does he have it? Yes, he does! We are back. Yeah, had to had to handle that. Um, but who was Ken Riley? And unfortunately, it is a was. He passed of a heart attack in 2020, from what I was able to see. But Ken Riley, the player, and I've had conversations with my dad about him. And I, I'm sorry, let me say that close to the mic. I've had conversations about him. With my father. My dad is also a FAMU. And he was like, man, Ken Riley was smart. I'm like, I don't know how to take that. Like, what you trying to say? And he's like, no, no, no. Like, the dude was really like smart. Like, 
not trying to be like funny, but the dude was like brilliant. And I'm like, oh, oh, okay, you trying to say it like that, Pops. Okay, because you know, certain demographics, you know, you say we smart. I'm like, uh, that's not always a term of endearment. But Kim Riley was from Bartow, Florida, the place my wife went to high school there. He was a 5'11, 180 pound athlete. He attended Union Academy, which is no longer a school, uh, as far as like a high school. It was it's been consolidated into something different. And he was a Rhodes Scholar candidate. And he was a converted corner. So at FAMU, he did not play defensive back. He gets drafted in the sixth round by the Cincinnati Bengals and converts over to a defensive back, which is like, okay, somewhat normal for the time, but still to go from being a college quarterback to an NFL defensive back and to be a darn good one within your first like two seasons. That's saying something. And Again, he was a converted corner. He played the quarter back at FAMU. But while he was in the NFL, one of his things was, my play is going to speak for me. And he, in the research I did, he divulges that that may have hurt his possibilities of getting to the NFL because he wasn't flashy. He wasn't braggadocious. Like, even as a coach, Ken Raleigh was not like, he wasn't all that rah-rah on TV. He was direct to the point he kind of said what it was you either did this like it wasn't it, it wasn't that he was focused on the plan he was a pretty good coach um coaching record wasn't amazing but it was winning 48 39 two ties two meac titles well, it said two meac titles celebration bowl appearance but to me, as a FAMU fan, the best of Kim Riley as a, at FAMU. And this isn't this because I missed his football career was as an athletic director. That dude was the man. He FAMU consistently operated in the black. He left FAMU with a three million dollar surplus like. It was good. And you had a great combination. You had the enthusiastic president in Dr. Humphreys who the rattlers are going to strike and strike and strike again. Like all that, like popping circumstance, the marching 100 is all of these things. Like it was so much in such a great mixture. You have the loud president, the quiet, humble, hardworking, dutiful athletic director who I was a fan you. I mean, he wasn't crying to be in front of the camera. He did his job. He did it well. And then you get Billy Joe, who's verbose. <laughs> like, like, dude is using words like plethora in coaching shows. Like, who does that? But he was good. Like, he has his Gulf Coast offense. He's bringing in these transfer athletes because that's not a new thing. Like, let's stop acting like, oh, this is new that black colleges are bringing in transfer athletes. No, it's not. One of the most sought after assistant coaches in college football right now transferred to FAMU. That is one, Jaywan Sider, the Mad Bomber, 
Pat Bonner. Like, FAMU had some very good quarterbacks coming in during the Billy Joe era, and a lot of them transferred in. I don't think Quinn Gray transferred in. But Quinn Gray, solid quarterback, got to go to the NFL, like, and actually play for a while. I believe he's at the University of Memphis now as, like, a consultant or um, analyst. And if, if I've misspoken, Coach, I do apologize. I But I, last time I checked. So, but Ken Riley was an amazing athletic director. And he's deserving to be in the NFL largely because of his stats and how long he played. Like, Ken Riley played in a lot of games in the NFL. And very few players has rivaled it since his retirement and it's he put up good stats interception wise it's just Ken Riley was a really consistent player and he was good and sometimes good and consistent don't always get rewarded and hopefully that does now you've seen a lot of the Bengals fans are putting on for him and they're they're cheering for him and How's it going, Miss Williams? I see it. Look, but and that's that's appreciative and that's honorable because now you're seeing where he had an impact. It wasn't just at Florida and University, it was in the NFL, it was in Cincinnati, and the Bengals don't have they don't have the greatest history football-wise. Like this past Super Bowl was a big deal because that doesn't happen in Cincinnati all the time. And to consider you had a guy like Ken Riley that was just there at corner for years, a mainstay, consistent player. It's saying a lot. And he didn't get a lot of attention and gratification. And it, I don't know how much of it is because of the market that he's in. That, that's, that's reckless speculation for me to say that and not have researched it. But I was, I, I was set that that may have had something to do with it because Cincinnati is not a huge town. It's a very regional market. Cincinnati pulls from that Cincinnati, Ohio area down to parts of Kentucky. And so I'm wondering if that had an impact on him being able to make the NFL. So, but Ken Riley, hopefully he's a finalist, one of the finalists to make the pro football hall of fame and that would be another Rattler in the Hall of Fame. And honestly, I, I, that's not why I want it for his, him and his family. It's because I grew up watching Ken Riley. Yeah, I saw him as a coach. Loved him as athletic director. I still think he's probably my top three favorite athletic directors. He is. He, he is not even, it's not argument. It's probably Jeremy Foley, Dave Hart, Ken Riley. FAMU, UF, FSU. My three favorite athletic directors. Not gonna lie. So yeah, yeah. That that is something we need to have happen. And it would be beautiful to have that happen. And hopefully his family get that experience. And maybe, just maybe, the marching one hundred can get up there. Like have something maybe some of his former players, something. But some some little FAMU thing 
get to touch it and participate in that because that could be a great thing. And it's a good look. And that's something that your football program can talk about. You talk about, and I think I talked about last week, about us celebrating players who are in the NFL or who make professional sports. But us getting an NFL Hall of Famer, that's something to celebrate. He's already in the FAMU Hall of Fame. He should definitely be in the NFL Hall of Fame as well. All right, we're going to do one more ad, and then we're going we're gonna to go through the season, kind of talk about recaps, what overall I thought, and then I'm going to remind you all about Fan Day and the Great Harvest because those are some fun times. FAMU Great Harvest is lit. All right, 30-second ad from AT&T. We all stand on the shoulders of those who came before us. A black future happens all the time. It's built on a foundation of those who have paved the way. A generation ago, all of this would have seemed unheard of. And what's new to the world now will be incomparable to what's coming up next. Trust your dream. The future is counting on it. All right, we're back. <laughs> Appreciate it, uh, AT&T. All right, so season prediction. What do I got? My season prediction total is 10 and 2. So I had FAMU losing to UNC, 52 to 14. Jackson State, 21-13 loss. So 0 and 2. And that was that was hard. Like, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I got us winning out the rest of the way, though. Alabama State, uh, Albany State, excuse me, 31-17. Alabama A&M. 38-24, Mississippi Valley State, 42-17, South Carolina State, 28-17. I kind of think they're overrated. Uh, Grambling, 28-14, UAPB, 49-14. I think that's homecoming. Southern, that is put an asterisk by that game. Best value of the season, period. You get the 100, you get the human jukebox you have the north florida fair it is a festive time of the year and it's not going to be a thousand degrees outside like the weather is going to be really nice that that's the game and southern fans travel really well and they're not just going to travel from baton rouge they come from atlanta all over yeah don't be surprised I think FAMU wins that one, though, 34-28. Alabama State, 35-17. And the big Florida Classic, 38-21. Like, that's my season predictions on wax. I think FAMU goes 10-2. I think we can beat Jackson State. Don't get me wrong. The closer we get to that game, the more I think we can win. I think we're going to score more points against UNC. They got quarterback questions, and you got to figure that out. And our secondary doesn't suck. Like, I do think we're going to struggle to get pre- we're going to struggle to get penetration. That was the word I was looking for. But I, I don't, I don't. Mm, that's going to be fun. I, I think it's going to be closer than I originally thought. It's just, I'm saying that out loud. The Alabama A&M game. I don't think they know who they are, and I think they're so beat up going into the FAMU game that it's 
disadvantageous for them. Mississippi Valley State game, that travel. Like, if you've never gone from Tallahassee to Bina, that right sucks. Hopefully they fly to Jackson, but still, it's like an hour and a half, hour to Jackson from Itabina. Then you got to fly to Tallahassee and you lose an hour sleep-wise. Not going to be able to do it. <laughs> and I don't want to make that drive again. Like, I ain't going to lie. That drive sucks. South Carolina State, I think they're overrated. Like, I think Buddy Pugh is a great coach. But the biggest reason I think South Carolina State really gives FAMU the business is because it's an Orangeburg and FAMU has to travel. Buddy Pugh is going to do what he does. He's going to run the ball. He's going to have a good defense. I don't know about that quarterback still. Like, I've got questions. They don't need to be answered, but I got questions. The Grambling game, 28-14. I don't know what Hugh Jackson looks like. I really don't. Cleveland wasn't his fault. I agree with him on that. Like, if you watch the pivot, I believe it's I believe it was the pivot. It might have been I am athlete, but I think it was the pivot. He's right. That wasn't his fault. They didn't give him the tools to be successful. Now, last year at Tennessee State. That offense was trash. They were hard to watch. Uh, so I don't know what you're going to get from him at Gramlin. He's got some good quarterback options. Which one is he going to pick? He's got a got a kid from Jones in Orlando. Kid's pretty solid. Um, but he got a transfer, in, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Yeah. He, we're going to see. But I, I think they struggled with FAMU. UAPV. Nah, bruh. Not gonna happen. They get molly whopped. <laughs> like, I think we're gonna beat them like they owe us money. Like, yeah, no. Southern game, that's gonna be best home game of the season. That is it's gonna be Mick Liddy. Like that, that's the game. You go to the uh, <laughs> you go to the tailgate, and you stay for the fifth quarter. It's it's gonna be that good the whole day. Don't don't. You can go to the fair before. I don't go to the fair at night anyway because you know your cousins. They don't know that. They ain't got no sense. They cutting, shooting, acting stupid. I ain't going to the fair at night. But uh, <laughs> that right there, yeah. What's up, big sis? I see my big sister in there. But, yeah, that's going to be your best game. And if you're traveling and you don't live in Tallahassee and you need a hotel, it's not $300 for the quality in. The La Quinta is not 400 You can stay at La Quinta for 100 and something. But it's the only game that weekend in town. So, yeah, if I'm you. And not me, because uh, I ain't got to pay for a hotel. I'm staying with my parents. I am going to be that guy. Sorry, big sis. See you over there. But, uh, yeah, reclaiming my spot that weekend. <laughs> and I'm being petty because my sister was in the chat. 
Uh, Alabama State, that's going to be a fun game. I ain't going to lie. If I was going to that game, I would definitely go to the dreamland up there. Because, yeah, they got one not far from the baseball stadium where the uh, Biscuits play. <clears throat> they have a minor league baseball team for the – they're so affiliated with Tampa Bay Rays, the Montgomery Biscuits. But the dreamland up there is solid. I think we win that, though, because I don't know what their head coach has. First time as a coach. We're going to see. I feel like – his first season is going to be like Dion's first season where it was hyped. It was supposed to be better than what, than it was, but some of his inexperience cost some games. I think Dion's a better coach this year, personally. Then the last one, BCU, that's going to be a better game. Like, because last year, COVID decimated them. And I'm not talking about the virus. I'm talking about the roster, like the impact of COVID economically and how Cookman had to pretty much wait right until the football season started to even prepare because they were trying to be fiscally responsible, decimated. Like the BCU football team that walked into the Florida Classic was midseason form at the end of the season. Like, if they had another four games, they might have won two or more. Like, so 10 and 2, that's the season outcome I got. And then inside the den, two things you need to do on Saturday go to the grape harvest. FAMU has a grape harvest. It is Florida Agricultural and Mechanical University. This is on the agricultural side. FAMU has a grape farm on the northeast side of town and they help wine producers all kind of people like that and they're muscadine grapes they they are grapes that have this thick skin do not eat the skin <laughs> you can but later on your stomach is not gonna like you <laughs> but there's the inside so you eat the grape the outside of the grape you like pop the middle out and the inside of the grape is this kind of, I don't know, it's sweet, but texture-wise, it may not appeal to everybody, but it's sweet. And it has these seeds on the inside, spit out the seeds. The seeds are bitter. But what they do is they've been making wine out of this. Family used to sell like the wine grape juice. I think it was called muscadine. But you can, my mom used to buy it for me. <laughs> But you can go up there and they have wine and all kind of different things. It's literally an all-day event. Do yourself a favor. It's free. It's a great time. You don't necessarily have to get drunk. You can pick the grapes and just eat the grapes. But they will have wine and other things. Go check that out before you go to fan day. Get hydrated. And I don't mean like Mick Liddy. But get hydrated. And enjoy yourself. That is one of the funnest times. And it's a great way to get away from the South side. And nothing's wrong with the South side of town, but there are students moving in this week. So you have FAMU, FSU, and TCC students all moving in Tallahassee and congesting in this one area. 
So you're talking about about 100,000 people trying to come to one area. Florida State's population, student population is normally about 50. TCC, Tallahassee Community College, one of my alma maters, is about 20. AMU is about 10, really close to the nine. So you're talking about almost 80,000 students and then parents all trying to go to the same five, six places, Publix, Walmart, Target. Just go over there to the east side and go have some fun. And if you're moving your student in while you're out there, there's a Costco, there's a Bass Pro, there's a Walmart out there too. You can probably get some of the stuff that's going to be sold out on the other side of town. I shouldn't be giving you this much game, but I don't live in Tallahassee right now. So it doesn't hurt me. <laughs> I'm going to be here in Central Florida living, living it up. Uh, <laughs> but I will be at the home games and visiting. But enjoy those, man. Those like inside being honest with y'all. Those are two of the most fun parts of that day. And then go to fan day. Meet the Rattlers. If you're sick, don't be infecting our Rattlers. But talk to them. The, the students like that. Take your children with you. They are the next generation of Rattler. Let them see brag. Take pictures. Do all those things and have some fun. Like it's going to be a great time and a great weekend and just a great season y'all we are we are gonna have a fun season at famu this year it it's gonna have ups and downs we might not hit this 10 and 2 mark after game one don't be trying to get my coach fired (laughs) like don't get mad because the unc game is probably gonna be better than you think and i think it's gonna answer some of our quarterback questions i i think mckay starts just going to be honest, five interceptions for the whole season and like half of those were against Valley. I think McKay, the fact that he is so responsible with the ball is going to make a big difference and it's going to help us out. So don't get too upset. Go to the FAMU Fan Day and Grape Harvest and have fun and participate. And remember, these are some of the outreach things that come with the A and M. Like part of what we do as agricultural and mechanical at FAMU, we have farms. There's a that there's a great farm on the east side. There's also a farm in Gaston County where they do experimental things like that too. So this is just us making sure we get this government money and do what we gotta do. But that being stated, y'all, we are about to hit 40 minutes. Y'all know I don't try to hold y'all too long. Like I know y'all got lives. But it is always going to be fangs up, y'all. I appreciate it. As always, I'm searching for my little brand thing. And one more time, for the one time, we're going to say a big shout out and thank you to AT&T and HBCU Digital. And it's going to always be fangs up. We all stand on the shoulders of those who came before us. A Black future happens all the time. It's built on a foundation of those who have paved the way. A generation ago, all of this would have seemed unheard of. And what's new to the world now will be incomparable to what's coming up next. Trust your dream. The future is counting on it.
our HBCUs are mostly known for academic rigor, community, and they also know how to turn up. Does he have it? Yes! 